We'd like to turn to 1 Corinthians 12. I was delighted. John, thank you. I was delighted to be invited to help in this series because I think this is really interesting. The gifts are gifts for the church. And uh, I don't know what you're like, but many of the churches I go to, um, the gifts are sort of, sort of tucked away somewhere um, for a number of reasons. And, and if you went to the main principal service of the day, you'd think, well, where are they? And so the fact that we're looking at the gifts in the morning service, is, I think, is absolutely brilliant. And, I, and for those who chose that, good on you. And what happens next is your fault, not mine. See? So what I'm wanting to do is say, this gift we're talking about today, the, the gifts of words of wisdom and of knowledge, are actually the easiest of all the gifts to start growing in. They are so simple and they're so easily natural for those who have started out to follow Jesus that actually there's nothing nervous, nerve-wracking about it, nothing embarrassing about it at all. And, I can, and, I, and I'll give you a little illustration. I'll bet you stacks of people here have already received words from God and passed them on to somebody else. Just put your hand up if you've done that. Just look around how many. Look at it. Well, it's not enough, but isn't it great to see half the church have had a go? Thank you. I hope that by the end of this morning, a few more will feel, actually, I could do that. So, let's begin at the beginning. I, I can give you an example from, uh, I was doing some housework unusually, because Janet was away. Janet was on a journey going down to visit her parents in Lemster. And she went and, uh, we had a, a, Simon was very young, sitting in his car seat in the car, and off she drove, and, and we prayed as you normally do, he said, I have to journey, and off Janet went, and I fiddled around watching, doing housework. And, um, <laughs> and then, at about 10 to 3, this, this thought just popped into my mind, pray for Janet. Came out of nowhere, I wasn't even thinking about her, so I said, as a Christian, well, of course I will. So I then prayed, Lord, just keep us safe on the road. And then carried on. Uh, when Janet got back that night, I said to her, you know, suddenly the Lord just prompted me to pray for you. She said, well, actually, she said, we nearly had a really serious accident. I said, really? What happened? Well, she said, we went around a country road, and you know, they're winding, so your line of sight isn't far ahead. Um, and you got around this car, and there was a car broken down in the middle, and there was no way around it. So she said, I had to drive up onto the bank to miss it, which I thought was pretty good. And then she said, and the car behind me had to then drive up on the bank behind me, and he almost went into us, because we were stopping, obviously, and he saw it a bit later. And I said, um, when was this? She said it was 10 to 3. The Lord had just spoken to me. He said, baby, we'd like to pray. And it was as ordinary as that, but as, but as special as that. And that gives you a clue, because words of, gift, uh, of wisdom and words of knowledge are actually Jesus wanting us to appreciate how much he loves us. As I was praying here this morning, as, as we were singing, I felt the Lord was saying to me now that, David, you can say lots of things about gifts, and we haven't got much time, but do get one thing across. This is actually... Jesus saying, I love you. You, not the person next to you. You, not the person behind front, good looking, you know, like the others. You, the Lord says, I love you. I think you're just special, and I'll show you. So, 1 Corinthians 12. Let's just read. It, it breaks into four parts, and if we're, we'll just sort of canter through those and then have a practical reflection. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, verses 1 to 3. Uh, I see, I, um, sorry. There you are, you've seen that. Okay, so let's, let's move on then to the first part. So we're going to look at how uh, the problem in Corinth, you see, was that they were, a, they were a church of excitable new Christians. You know, I can see, I can see. 
Oh, yes, very good. <laughs> and they were all, it was all very new. And so how would they know, let's move to the next slide, and this will give us a clue. How would they know that what was going on in church was really coming from the Holy Spirit? That was their dilemma, because there are all kinds of odds and ends going on around the place. I mean, I've been to some churches, and I've wondered, is this really of the Holy Spirit? Have you ever gone to a church which you're not used to? I went to visit a friend, a fellowship in a farm up in Yorkshire. Well, there's two reasons why it's suspect for a start. Um, and I went in there, and it was lovely, Hollybush. And it was great. And the friend was a missionary with me in Uganda. And, and as we came to the worship, one guy got up and played the trumpet. And he played it very it was beautiful. And then he started to dance around the room as he played. And then he said, now let us all hop for the Lord. And so people did. They all started hopping. And I was thinking to myself, I mean, Church of England. I, I... And actually, there was a freedom in worship, expressing worship in that way. And the reason I knew that this was not just something daft, but it was genuine, because these people loved Jesus, and they were trying to just express their love for him. And this is what Paul says in Corinth. He said, if you want to know whether this is genuine of the Holy Spirit, ask yourself this simple question. Have you decided to say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I want to follow you with all, my whole heart, and, and with your help, I'll do the best I can. And if you say, yes, that's me, then you know the Holy Spirit is already within you. It's nothing to do with feelings. It's to do with the fact that we can only say that and mean it if the Holy Spirit helps us. We cannot, as it were, convert ourselves. It's very interesting talking to people on the way to coming to faith. They've got all lots of reasons and things they're going to do about it, weigh it up, measure it. But when they finish looking back, they say, it was Jesus. He was drawing. He was after me. He was pursuing me until I gave in. Versions of that. So the first thing we find is that actually the Holy Spirit is there when we say Jesus is Lord and the Holy Spirit will do things which will probably sort of be unusual for you wherever you come from, whichever tradition. And that if, as long as Jesus is at the centre, that's okay. I remember I was in one meeting where we were praying for people uh, just that the Lord would bless them and let love be known. And then this person just crumpled and lay on the floor. And I was looking like, this is the first time I've seen this, you understand? I know some of you have done this before. You pray with people and they fell over. Well, th this person just lay there. And I looked at them and they thought, we look very comfortable already. So what we did, well, two of us were praying for this chap. We, we pushed him to the side so <laughs> nobody would, as it were, trip over him because he was in a, you know, fire, helpless and whatnot. And, uh, and he was there for about 20 minutes. He got up and said, you know, that was lovely. I felt God was so close to me. And I thought, hmm, jolly good. <laughs> The Holy Spirit will do things that will surprise us, but they come out of his heart of love. So there are different gifts. So then if we move on to the next slide, let's look then and see how does this work out. Verses 4 to 6. Well, there are different kinds of gifts, the same Spirit, different kinds of service, the same Lord, different kinds of working, and all of them and everything is the same God at work. When I was new as a Christian, I felt I wanted to know God more, but I didn't know what that meant. So I looked at the people who were my models, my role models, and I thought, hey, wouldn't it be lovely to be like that, or him, or her? So there were several roles. My first role, role was Billy Graham. I thought, I'll be a Billy Graham, but it was a bit <laughs> ambitious. But <laughs> and my second role model was a missionary from BCMS, uh, Interserve it's now called, I went to this missionary meeting, and instead of having... Oh, I have to say this very carefully. But I'm a missionary myself, ex-missionary myself. Instead of having a white-haired missionary up the front, this dapper young man who in his 30s and an amazing fine-cut safari suit 
who was working in Nairobi came and told the good things that God was doing. I thought, briefly, that's been a mission. I'd be interested in that. He was really, you know, something. And then there was Mother Teresa, and so it goes on. Maybe you've got your role models. And what I did, I patterned my expectations of the way Jesus works on them. What I hadn't discovered was I need to discover the way Jesus wants to work for us, for me. And that's why some of these have got for me, just to, to remind you that it's different for all of us. So what I'm hoping is that today you will be encouraged to say, how is the Lord going to speak to me with words of wisdom and words of knowledge? And it may, it, you won't maybe have a story anything like mine or other stories, but it'll be there because Jesus is tailoring the way he works with you to you. Isn't that lovely? Fancy having bespoke, like a you know, jacket. Well, now it's, it's, it's the ministry of the Spirit too. Well, okay. Shall we move on then? And we go to the next thing. And that's just to point out that these different abilities, they are there to make things plain. As John used the word manifest to show us plainly that the Spirit of God is at work within us. And actually, that's why I think it's really important that the primary place for the ministry of the gifts is the primary meeting of the church. It is not for the, the, the prayer group on Tuesdays once a month. It's not for the small group down the road in somebody's house where you don't know what they get up to. As far as I can make out, some of them spend a lot of time talking. Um, and praying, and of course. The primary place when we come together is the primary place where these gifts are to be manifest to be made plain, to be used. And, and the, the advantage of that is twofold. First of all, we all begin to realise it's possible for us, not for the enthusiast doing something around the corner. And second, it becomes normal. The interesting thing is that because we don't explore this sufficiently, I think, in many of the churches I've been to, we haven't, what happens is um, we get some so slightly batty enthusiasts. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Maybe you're one, so uh, apologies. Uh, and they, they crack on, you see, because they're full of uh, sacrifice, devotion, and love, and all that stuff. And we think, I don't know, I want to be like that. <laughs> Here is the place where we want the Holy Spirit just to, to free us up, to release in us the ministry he wants. Isn't that right? Yeah. yeah. And it isn't actually scary or daft, or it is odd, but it is not in any way strange. It's the natural birthright of the church. When I was just beginning as a Christian, I was a youth leader team. And um, we were, this is the Church of England, so it was the parish church, and there were two other churches. There were three churches in the parish. And I was at one of the daughter churches, and we had a thriving youth group of about, well, nowadays, it was about 50, 60, 70. So it's approaching what, what, what you've got. Um, and then in the parish church, the main church, they'd only got about 15. It was, it was a real shame, you know, but we were going great guns down at our church. And the vicar called us together and he said, now I want, actually, I want to share with you that our youth group is in poor shape. So I want to close the youth group at the daughter church and bring you up here to bring new life to the main youth group at the parish church. And I was a youth leader at the daughter church. Now guess what my thinking was? You got it. So he said, now I'd like us all to pray. So we said, okay, let's all pray then. So I said... So we prayed. I said, Lord Jesus, I don't know what to do about this, but I really don't like this idea. I think it is really mean and sneaky. And so I prayed, Lord, just show us what to do. And do you know what? It doesn't happen often for me. It does more for others. A picture came into my mind. 
and there were, there were some plants growing there, some plants growing there, and there was a watering can watering those plants. There weren't many of them. And our plants down here, many of them, weren't being watered. And Jesus was saying to me, actually, these people need to be fed, and they can be fed there, not here. So I, went, I started praying by saying, not on your life, Lord. No, no, fellow brethren. And by the end, I said, I think the Lord wants us to do that. And they're going, pardon? Because the Lord had shown, just that, that was what he wanted to say. So that's what we did. Now, it's interesting, the word there, for the common good, it actually means, literally, to profit. So when the Holy Spirit is active in this way, the church profits. You're better, uh, by the way, that's an I-T-S, sorry, to be clear, not profits, profits. So you're better off as a congregation, a church, when the Holy Spirit's gifts are manifest, are in action. We all are blessed. Wouldn't it be good to be blessed some more? You can't, you can't say no. So let's next move to the next slide. We're, we're looking at these two gifts, the words of wisdom and words of knowledge. Now I have to say, there is very little in the New Testament which gives any precision to what this means. It is a functional description of the way the Holy Spirit works. Words or messages are given to somebody and they're passed on. They're the words of wisdom and words of knowledge. And in fact, in other places, uh, it moves into prophecy. But we'll look at that another time. These two word gifts are messages which are received from God and passed on. I remember going away with a church to a, uh, the PCC, went away on a, um, uh, an away day. And we were talking about the future of the church. And as we gathered somewhere out in a little nice country house somewhere, um, the church warden came to me. It was great, he said. He said, I've only just become a Christian, which I thought was great. He said, I'm going to be confirmed in a while, he said. But he said, let me just tell you, I don't believe in all this stuff about God speaking today. Where on earth did you get that from? I said, no, I said, we don't want, I, I said, you see, in the meeting, I don't, I'm not interested in your ideas. I'd like us to say, what, is, what are God's ideas for our church? No, he said, listen, this is what we are. We're the committee. This is our job. This is what we're supposed to do. I said, no, we're going to listen. We're going to pray and listen. All right, he said, all right. You know, like church wardens do. <laughs> so we had a time. So I spoke and I said, right, we're going we're to have 15 minutes of quiet now and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And then at the end of that, I'm going to ask you, what has he said to you? And my guess is he'll speak to one or two out of the 15 there. I don't suppose everybody at once, but one or two will be here, okay? So everybody said, yes, okay, we do that. So we, we had a, a move into prayer and then we just listened to the Spirit. And they'd never done this before, especially as a church PCC. We know normally about drains and stuff like that. Exciting thing. At the end of it, I said, right, everybody likes to share. And this man got up and he came to me. He said, everyone else was sitting there thinking, he said, David, he said, he said, God has just spoken to me. Me. And he started to cry. And you know, you know as men go, that, that's not on. I mean, he was a man's man too, you know. He said, I can't believe it. He said, shall I tell you what he said? I said, no, I said, go and tell the vicar. <laughs> right, he said, and off the two of them went through the door, and I thought, over to you, fella. He wasn't even believing it could happen, but by opening himself to the Lord, it began. And he profited, and we, the church, then, 
profited. Well then, these two gifts, wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom in Scripture is usually a way of describing how to live in a way that pleases God. And so the gift, the word of knowledge, sorry, the word of wisdom, or the message of wisdom, is actually just that. It's a word from God given to somebody and passed on to somebody else. And when that word is passed on, it will help them in the way they're living so they'll discover how it's easier to please God. And when that happens, they receive it and then they'll implement it in some way or other. A word of knowledge is slightly simpler. It's just some knowledge which we didn't know before and we can now use in our, in our discipleship. The word of wisdom, I think, is really interesting because in all of these, I, I don't know anybody who really is 100% sure that when God has spoken, it is God who's speaking. I, I often say to, uh, when I'm doing uh, house parties, I say, just ask yourself this. Can you tell the difference between the Holy Spirit speaking into you and the curry you had last night? Because you don't quite know. You, you're 90% there. I said, so what you need is the help of the other brethren. The brothers and sisters say, yeah, that's of God. Or actually, I think you better try again. <laughs> so what we do when a word comes into our mind, we offer it to the person and we say, could this be of God? Then they will say, wow, yes. And it is in that that you see the Holy Spirit at work. I'd like to commend a book. Uh, there are two books, really. Here's one. Mike Pilavachi and Andy Croft, Everyday Supernatural. It's good fun, as well as a useful read. I mean, it's a revision in a kind of way, but it's, it, you know, it's, it's great to see them having a go. And the, Andy Croft was a young lad who liked Mike Pilavachi and became his intern and was, a, was learning about the way Mike Pilavachi, uh, who did your, your youth weekend, worked. And he was learning about the gift of prophecy, which we will be looking at uh, in, a, in a while. But actually, I think he meant not words of knowledge, but he used that word. So he said, he went into his room, and he said, I'm going to prophesy now. So Lord Jesus, please help me sit off. He got a text back later that day saying, thank you, that was lovely, that was really helpful. Well, he was intrigued. I mean, I'll, I'll ask you. This woman said, a while ago, I was engaged to get married and I felt it was right to break it off. And the day I got that text was the day I'd be walking down the aisle. Jesus ministered to me through that text. That's what he wants to do for us, for you and for me. And I thought, I was very moved. I'm moved now thinking about it again. Isn't that lovely? So, what's the